When I heard about participating in the Spider-Verse, I, I immediately said yes. Because to me, Spider-Man, the, the character, the Marvel comic character, is the ultimate. He is absolutely the reason that Marvel is the universe it is. He is the most high action, watchable character with a great sense of humor. And if it wasn't for Spider-Man, we wouldn't have all these other great characters. Spider-Man is really, to me, the ultimate superhero. And that's why I said, yes, I, I, I have to be a part of this. You have Spider-Man, you have Batman, you have Superman, but Spider-Man really is the man, the Marvel man. Uh, I was talking to this girl who had COVID, like she had had it and then she uh, recovered. And um, like three, four, four months ago, she was saying like her sense of taste is still gone. And uh, that she was like, you take it for granted, like uh, that, that, you know, cause without that, then eating really just does become like a completely joyless exercise. Yeah, it totally sucks. Like, <laughs> yeah. So at least we can taste stuff like <laughs> that really just the idea of food just being like just pure texture <laughs> sounds. Well, oh, and she also said she can't drink coffee, smoke cigarettes or eat garlic anymore. Cause like, for whatever reason, like the taste of those things, like she can taste something, but it just tastes like awful. That's awful. Dirt. I love coffee and cigarettes. How would I do that? And garlic and garlic. Yeah, that's true. It's garlic is, like, I put garlic in a lot of stuff. It, yeah. It's, so she, she said that she can only eat like the plainest food ever, like just no seasoning, whatever, or, uh, really really sweet like sugary things because that's like a taste that that can still register that sucks yeah so like I, like a sour nerds rope or something like like a pixie stick but uh but yeah she couldn't have like a pizza what what would life be without pizza truly <laughs> i don't know um speaking of just like consuming a bunch of sugar uh i just double featured these films for myself and and i kind of feel like i i ate a pixie stick uh, yeah i i could see that i had to split them up over two days because it was just simply too much they go fast and hard and sort of non-stop uh and uh yeah it's a it's a lot of um stimulus but i thought they were both pretty good <laughs> yeah i did too actually surprisingly yeah, I, I feel tired. I feel a little bit tired from watching them both in a row and uh, and old. I feel sort of old, but uh, well, I, Dave, I that's them. the name of the game here on Heat Seeking Panther. I'm your old co-host Miles, <laughs> and this is my older co-host Dave. Yeah, there it is. And that's the Italian Panther. Yeah, the <laughs> it's also very old. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, it, so, it was interesting to watch two cartoons back to back after the uh, whatever the fuck the last two movies we watched Lord, were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> adult entertainment. It's funny to watch uh, two children's entertainments that were like more like mentally stimulating than like two eleven. Yeah, or uh, what was the one we watched before? Looking that? Glass. Looking Glass. Yeah. yeah. No, these the, both of these movies were smarter than those movies. <laughs>
but yeah, Marvel DC, uh, we, we got a little bit of both and a, a sort of nice little snapshot of 2018 and the, the media landscape and, uh, sort of where, where we were at low those two years ago, three years ago. I know it seems like not that long. I mean, it seems like a really long time ago, but really when I think about yeah. it, it's not, it's not right. It, it's, it's not that long, it, like in time, but I feel like the world has experienced a, a few dramatic shifts since then where it still feels like, like I, I felt like I was looking at something from a different time. Oh, definitely. You know? And I think especially given the climate of superhero movies around the time that these both came out seems almost uh, like naive and innocent as, as compared to, I feel like now where the media landscape is going to go like post COVID when things start right. shooting again. Um, yeah. I, I think you're right. I mean, this was pre Joker coming out, oh, but that's it's also, right. yeah, uh-huh. but, but uh-huh. it's also like, you know, they're, they're both, uh, I mean, one of them much more explicitly than the other, but they're both sort of commenting on the both like uh, ascendancy and, uh, complete like, control of the of the box office that uh superhero media had come to in 2018 right and even if you think that it's stupid the whole reason that the movie that is getting made is because of that climate you know yeah. so it's like like both films kind of uh, uh attacked it from a meta kind of landscape yes. about the way that they each fit into their respective Definitely. uh like universes franchises Definitely. So it was very much riding on the back of that while basically poking fun at it the whole time. Yeah, there's like so many layers of meta text and so much. Uh, yeah, sort of like softly reckoning with uh, with what the superhero, the glut of superhero and comic book entertainment has done to media while also, you know, contributing to the. The, the and and furthering the uh the domination right um yeah what which which do you want to talk about first uh, i could go either way i've i actually saw spider-verse in the theater uh Me too. so i that one talk was a that. rewatch so some of that is more solidified um, yeah and and i i also i mean i i liked both of these movies but um i think in i i, th- I would say that spider-verse is easily the better movie it's definitely the more expensive movie yeah well and i mean i think it's the best it's i think it's one of the best superhero movies like ever, ever. like yeah, and, I agree. and like animated or not um and yeah uh, and so it's just funny that it came out in a climate where we had already been i mean there have been three spider-man reboots in like right you know 16 years or something like that and then this comes out and it's like oh now not only is it another one but there's a bunch of different spider-mans in it and i know so i didn't really have any hopes like no i I had already given up yeah yeah (laughs) but i but i it had gotten such good word of mouth and i was getting told by so many people to see it that that's eventually why i did yeah i'm so happy i saw it in theaters too because it's just gorgeous it also like it completely i think changed the game in terms of superhero entertainment it's it's like a it's a it's a benchmark that is going to be referenced um for 
you know, forever now. Like it's just, it's that good. It's that game changing. And it, this style, the way it reckons with multiple universes, which is something that superhero comics have been reckoning with forever. Just the idea of having to retcon and like, you know, right. and, and, and forever, but like m- the superhero movies have never really tackled it head on. Like they just sort of like, that they they've never tried to uh to do it in a in a narrative way they've more just like so like anyway it's it's a game changer it's amazing i also am pretty positive that between people writing on the internet and probably a million other podcasts there's just like a bunch of other way more informed people than me about comic books in general and the importance of like this film. So I'm, I'm going to try to stay in my lane and talk about what, you know, touch on it, but also like, I, I do think it suffice to say that it's good enough that anyone should see it. If, if you like action movies or comic book movies in any sort of sense, or just cartoons in any sense. And I don't, we don't need to go through the plot of it because, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just and also, I feel like trying to explain it is like incomprehensible. Yeah, also, um, so it's but not it, going to be a fun listen. Well, but I think you bring up a good point, Dave, in the sense that we can. I think the reason that these kind of superhero movies are still so popular. I mean, even before the like MCU and all the recent stuff, they've been putting out, you know, movies based on comic books for basically since the beginning of movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like so. Um, so I, I think that when you approach these kind of things where there's, uh, a lot of history and there's like a homogenous cultural benchmark, you can kind of approach it in an individual and personal matter because we yeah. all grew up with this in the culture. And so we can all relate to like one aspect of, of a hero or a comic or a franchise. Uh, you know, I mean like everyone has their thing. They're, right. they're one that they're into. Like some people like Batman, some people like the X-Men, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I, I think it's important to talk about how to, how you approached it personally. Totally. And I, I think I, I touched on this on our Superman episode and I've bitched about it here and there for uh, multiple episodes, I'm sure. But like, yeah, I mean, my general, um, m- my feelings about Marvel movies as they exist now and as they've existed for the last, you know, 10, 15 years is like basically like indifference to annoyance. Like I, I sort of like, I, I liked Deadpool. Okay. I, I saw Ant-Man cause it was at the $2 theater and it was fine. Um, I liked the X-Men movies made by that pedophile rapist, um, uh, Brian Singer. And, uh, you know, I liked the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Um, but my, my sort of like, or at least the first two. I didn't see the one with. Uh, oh, the, you didn't like the one where that '70s show uh, is like <laughs> turned into Venom. Yeah, it turns or, into Venom. Oh, oh, I did see the one where Tom Hardy turned into Venom. The Venom movie that was oh. really silly. Oh, I saw that one too. Why did yeah. I see that? God, yeah, that was a silly, silly movie. Um, I think the only DC movie I saw some of was Aquaman because I heard it was fun and I turned it off. I wanted to see Willem Dafoe riding a seahorse. So I heard that was a big part of it. Did it pay but, off? Uh, no, I hated it. I Willem <laughs> Dafoe also famously played the Green Goblin yes. in, a, in the in the in the Spider-Man movie too. Great. He's great in that. He's honestly um, a great villain. They should cast him in villain. more villain roles, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, I wish he'd just been uh, Bobby Peru, but also the, the Green Goblin. <laughs> like to see those two villains mashed up. He's, he's got just, like the he's he's got the creepy nylon pulled yeah, over the his face. Yeah, the nylon and the yeah. teeth, but he's riding on the little uh, hoverboard. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my general take, and this isn't a, a very novel. T- I I think there's a lot of cranks on the internet who feel the same, but is that like. For me, like I grew up reading Silver Age, uh, my dad's like Silver Age Marvel comic books, Spider-Man primarily, um, and X-Men. And uh, I I liked those. I, I like comic books as comic books. I, I don't like, you, you know, I, I think a lot of superhero comics it, in terms of like their writing or the, the storylines or whatever, like not to be a snob, but they just they're they're fine. They're not, it's not great literature. I know that a lot of, there's been a lot of amazing comic books that do transcend and that as an art form, it's an art form I really love, but superhero comics in general, like I feel like I'm always kind of taking it with a grain of salt. Um, and there's been some really good ones that I've read and they're the most obvious ones that anyone would reference. Like, I don't know, Watchmen or uh, the one where, batman year one or whatever the fuck but you know in general like i feel i feel positively but also like not uh super strongly about them except batman i really like batman um yeah i think but i I think batman and spider-man are my are my guys me too if i'm going that way and and i i guess watching spider-verse again i sort of like crystallized sort of my feeling about the live action marvel movies in my head which is that to me i felt like since the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which felt really exciting when they happened because it was like, those were some of the first superhero movies where, I mean, the, the Tim Burton Batman movies are pretty special. Um, but like, I felt like the Spider-Man movies, with no love Toby for Mc- Schumacher's B- Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, they have their, they have a place. <laughs> um, the, the Sam Raimi ones, but like, I felt like there was a cultural moment where, that many nerds felt of like, uh, oh shit, like this is legitimate entertainment and we are seeing the possibilities of CGI and what that can do for this kind of storytelling. And that was exciting for a moment. I felt the same way about the Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie too. Like I, I didn't love those movies, but I enjoyed them. And I felt that the further that those the possibilities of CGI have been pushed, um, since then, like as, as we keep like, you know, seeing more and more what the special effects can do, like I feel less and less interested. And and a part of it is that like, it's impossible for me to watch them without feeling like I'm just, I'm watching uh, a cartoon. Yeah. Artifice, but, but yeah, but it's, but it's not a, but it it doesn't have the fun things about a cartoon And, and it's not a stylized cartoon in the way that I, the cool opportunities that a cartoon offers that's, Spider-Verse pretty much like utilizes in every shot, every frame, the, the live action movies, they feel like a cartoon with just the heads of famous people floating around sort of playing dress up. Like it, it never feels like I'm watching Thor or Captain America or whomever. I'm just watching some famous guy in a CGI like blanket. Who's just like, you know, and right. whipping that stupid Joss Whedon fucking dialogue that I hate. And just like, I, I just hate it. 
and it gives you this weird uncanny valley situation yeah that when you just remove that last barrier and you make it entirely cartoon you don't have to worry about that anymore. exactly and then so it frees you up to do the things i mean this that's why this is the best spider-man movie is because yeah. it, it frees it up to do the things that are great about spider-man all the in coolest the comics shit. on screen you know what yes. I mean? And like Toby yes. Maguire did fine. I he guess fine. I guess what's his name? The new Andrew one is, Garfield. Is, is pretty good. Oh, I, I don't fuck with Andrew Garfield. But uh, Who, who's the other guy? The the new kid that's in all jo- the new Avengers movies. Yeah. I forget his name. Um, Who cares? But he's fine. He's fine. Yeah. But like there's there'd be a million skinny white boys who'd be fine in that role. Right. But here's but the thing, boring. Dave. Only this Spider-Man is named Miles, and that's why he's my favorite. <laughs> Fair. Dude, watching this movie was like, Miles, Miles, Miles. Hey, Miles. <laughs> the whole time yeah. I was like, yes? I guess the last time you got that was that horror movie about the little... The, oh, my God, the, so the, much the, of that. I got texts from people I hadn't spoken to in like three years up to that point being like, yo, dude, I saw this. <laughs> What what was it called? It was, like, it was called like the gifted child or some shit like that, right? <laughs> I don't remember. And I, I don't it's remember. It's funny because it, because you're a skinny white boy, and that was also a skinny white boy, right. but he just looks kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I think I I texted you a picture of it because there the, <laughs> there were those. Uh, billboards like everywhere around la that were just saying like they were like something's wrong with miles or something like that it was a huge honestly and i was that movie might have also been 2018 yeah like it was was around around the same time all i'm saying is that was a great time for miles (laughs) miles representation yeah the miles representation was more than it's ever been yeah but but like yeah miles morales is like i I grew up with Peter Parker. Like, Peter Parker's fun. It's fine. And honestly, the Sam Raimi movies did it. Like, they did. You had Uncle Ben with the power of great responsibility, whatever. You had uh, Mary Jane. It, it was all good. Like, I feel like we did that story. And I'm tired of Peter Parker. I don't need another Peter Parker movie. But I did need a Miles Morales movie. And, you know, I'm a little upset that they never did the Donald Glover one. Like, that uh, he... Y- yeah. you know that yeah. that would have been that would have been good but i but this is better this is better it's just it's sort of endlessly clever the way that they both addressed sort of peter parker fatigue and but also had peter parker in it multiple times multiple times yeah right multiple dimensions of peter parker and just uh, you know then we had and also uh, breathed new life into peter parker like it gave us a chance yeah, to give him dimension right and and it's funny too i Sometimes I'm not a huge fan of the follow up with the trauma of these superheroes like many, many years on and see how they become Mm -hmm. like beaten down by life and shit like that. Like, I feel like sometimes that's like a weird like angle to take with superheroes. But the way that they do it in this movie, you really feel bad for the guy. Like you actually feel you feel it, you know, it, it like reintroduces you to Peter Parker all over again. And, and that's kind of the way if you're going to have like a story about Peter Parker being beaten down, like that's one that fits Spider-Man, like that he sort of media saturation and then the unwillingness to like be able to like settle down and grow into an adult with Mary Jane. Like that's that fits Spider-Man. And that's something in general that I think this movie achieved that I haven't seen another Spider-Man movie fully do, which is that 
the the tone of the movie itself, of the story, of the humor and the the beats that um, it felt true to Spider-Man because the the Sam Raimi movies for like all the things that they do right. Um, I can't talk about any of the others cause I haven't seen them, but like that they, they get the Spider-Man, the character has humor, but the, the sort of sense of the, the story itself is the epic, like, you know, great power, great responsibility shit. And like that, that's fine in sort of a broader superhero sense. But part of why Spider-Man is my favorite Marvel character is that he's relatable fucking wise ass he's just he's like there's a lot of levity to him and while this movie like gets the emotional stakes right like it the the beats that it's supposed that are you're supposed to feel um they they hit but like the overall tone of the movie is fun and it's zippy and it just and it keeps it light in the best way and uh so yeah it's like the truest spider-man movie just in that sense too yeah, and thank God for like as good as the script and and the and the voice work is, it also mm-hmm. uh visually, I mean, they invented new forms yeah. of animation for this movie, right? I mean, yeah. it's like stunning. Stunning. Some the some of the physics with this stuff is like like actually mind-bending when when you try to follow like the action and and, and what's happening. Yeah. You know? And and it's crazy that the they get the physics of that yeah, the the there's this the I, I'm gonna say camera work, but obviously it's not a camera, but sort of the where the the camera would be, um, you know, it it moves in ways that wouldn't be possible even in a green screen situation to really simulate. And yet the the physics of the um, the characters getting thrown around or you know jumping, all the like all the physicality of it felt more real than the fucking green screen movies. Cause that's, that's the other thing that I fucking hate, hate about the green screen movies is that like physicality never feels real. Like you never feel the weight, like the, the corny Superman movies where he's in front of a green screen feel more real to me because you still, you see actual stunt guys interacting with actual objects, like doing stuff. And like, um, and something about, you know, the, the way that they dialed in the physics of this movie, like it's thrilling, <laughs> it's thrilling to watch. Like yeah, the, it really is y- any of the moments. There's so many good, like action set pieces that you can pull out, but like, I don't the one where the, the hook, the, uh, web to the subway train as it goes through oh, and, and they're like dragging yeah. through, you know, it's just like the plotting of that and the way that it feels is just i don't know it it felt like the the promise of the the possibilities that are suggested by comics of like what a thrilling action set piece looks like because you never you know comics are more than half of the action is just taking place in your head it's just sort of a suggestion through these pictures but i felt like i was really seeing that for i mean the the only analog that i can really think of to compare it to, uh, in, as a cartoon is Batman, the animated series, which, yeah, I, I told, I totally agree with that too. Maybe my favorite piece of superhero media ever. And, um, also got that same thing, right. And gets, I mean, while I'm just throwing praise at different things, like I, I like that 
because it's a cartoon, I like that everybody's physicality is distorted. I like that Kingpin is huge. I know and he's I like, enormous. Like <laughs> he's huge, and uh, I, I, you know, I, I like that everybody is sort of like bulbous and distorted and cartoony. It's just it's more fun to look at. That crazy green goblin, that like giant, yeah. like mutated like monster, monster version monster of green one. goblin at the beginning was like super cool and and even um, even uh dr octopus you know her lady doc like they they weren't like metallic robot arms like the like the old doc ock but there was a there was a sense to them of um i don't know just like the way they moved was so impressive to me even though it's like i knew it was animation whereas if i had seen that in a live action movie I would have been more less impressed because I just would have been like, well, it's CGI, right? You know, so I think when you remove that, well, it's just CGI, and then it becomes yeah. a, a moving comic, then right? You, the, then you're out of the uncanny valley, then, and your brain right. isn't doing the thing where it's like, I recognize that as a face or whatever, and okay, we're in a real place, but that building behind them is totally fake, and that thing that's moving is fake. Like my brain is, I can't turn that off when I'm watching. And I don't, I, I don't think it's because CGI hasn't, isn't good enough. Like, cause I well, mean, and that, here, but here's the other interesting thing about this movie is that it is obviously computer, computer. animated, right? But it doesn't, it's, it's, it's like in, in designing it, they designed it as though it were like a 2d cell animation style. So, so, yes. so everything has depth, like any, any computer generated animation, but but in in its design it it like it like flattens it to look like a comic book yeah well and and this is again like getting out of my area of expertise but it's like i i know that they they cut the frame rate in half so everything moves like a little bit jerkier and they play with the frame rate so like certain things um, are like move less jerky than others, but like you, you get the same sort of sense that you would with hand drawn, uh, animation that it's, it's not even certain elements in the same frame are moving at different speeds sometimes. Yes. And, and they, uh, they play with focus by simulating the, uh, off registration color panels of like an old comic book, which so they they simulate like benday dots and like halftone dots like you see them all over the place and but then also like things that are out of focus like the colors are shifted like it almost looks like you're watching a 3D movie without glasses like that but and that's the way that some of those old comics were printed obviously it's like but it it's funny cuz i've never seen a movie like that could feel like sort of a a trick or like kind of like a gimmick just a novelty a gimmick a gimmick exactly but it actually communicates a sort of like aesthetically beautiful thing that i didn't realize i was missing from like comic book movies from the translation and it's it's just gorgeous i mean the color design everything it's just great man (laughs) it's such a good movie i know i i hardly have anything bad to say about it it's like no i don't have anything bad to say about it it's really the i mean and i would say Yo, did you ever watch the Spider-Man, the animated series in the 90s? I don't think so. Anyway, it's it, it's really good. It's like my favorite. I think my favorite. Oh, really? Like a Spider-Man screen adaptation, probably. Oh, cool. There's, uh, 
I totally forgot. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. I totally forgot where I was going with this. Uh, anyway, it's cool. You that's should watch. Good. You should watch it. Yeah, if you, that's if good you to want. know. Yeah, I know that after after the Batman the animated series like came out and was critically acclaimed. I know that there was a bunch of like things like that, like um, gargoyles, which is really fun. And uh, uh, what I should else? watch I know- that again. I loved that show as a kid, but I haven't seen it in honestly probably like 20 years at this point. Should, yeah. I want to check it out because I get, yeah, I like Spider-Man. I just, I don't know. I, but I don't need another live action Spider-Man movie. We're going to get him anyway, but we don't need him. I know. <laughs> you, you know what I was thinking? I, cause I was th- talking about the sort of like levity of the, the Spider-Man comics and how they, they can be sort of lighter or at least like, you know, you're following Peter Parker is like wisecracking, like, you know, every other panel, and another character who I remember being funny in the comics was Daredevil. And I was like, I was wondering if we we're ever going to get another Daredevil movie or if the Ben Affleck one just shit the bed so hard. Oh, my that, God. Like, it's, I, I, t- <laughs> I took a girl on a date to that movie. Oh, no. It was really silly. I just remember being like, yeah. oh, that was a that was a <laughs> shouldn't have made that choice. Um, yeah. But I like Daredevil. I guess that's just all, all I have to say is I, I would like to see another Daredevil property, but I don't think we're ever going to get one, and it's probably for the best. Well, they had a Netflix series, which some people said oh, was good, but they I did. Yeah, I don't have the patience for for God, that for who that. Could possibly give a shit. That's I just <laughs> <laughs> you apparently, Dave. You just said no, you wanted to see more Daredevil. I want I want animated Daredevil. Okay, I guess fair. that the, yeah. I I don't I don't need any I don't need another person protect because it's it's too silly. You can't do it right. And, and honestly, like let's be real, it's all too silly to do. Like I guess that's kind of what I like. Um, the you're you're already like fighting against a current if you're trying to make a superhero movie with a a lot of like gravitas because the the concept of them is already i mean yes it's for children and but it's already like ridiculous right i mean it's it's so deep into our cultural like language that it's hard to step back from but like you have a you know a guy dressed up like a spider because he got you know it's just it's silly or like taking like like thor captain america like all of these things like at best these movies like seem to sort of like comment on themselves and the the you know with captain america i guess it's sort of like the jingoistic sort of impulse that that caused that character to be created or with thor i don't fucking know what it's commenting on because i haven't seen it but it like you know, it, at, at best, it seems that the they sort of speak to these larger metatextual ideas, but you're still fighting against the fact that it's, you know, um, uh, what's who plays Iron Man? What's his name? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Like, you know, wisecracking and flying around in a fake ass metal suit. It's it's like um like have you seen it, like the the original designs from the 60s when iron man first came out where he's just like a giant silver yeah like, robot basically <laughs> yes yeah again it's kind of a fucking stupid character like you i they're all I, stupid I just, though that's stupid. the thing about them they're all stupid even the fantastic four is stupid yes yes you know what i mean and and Hulk? and they, hulk is they, the stupidest what is that about <laughs> 
<laughs> toxic masculinity. Yeah, definitely. No, it's like, yeah, it's like they're stupid and yet like they're, they're fun and catchy enough that like, and, and enough of a, they have the, this sort of the archetypes of like larger, like folk heroes or like, um, you know, they, they, these are, they become archetypes of our like, uh, cultural language and you can do interesting stories with those archetypes. But again, like, especially if you're doing it with real adult men, <laughs> but like doing it on screen with a bunch of computer generated everything it looks like play acting to me. Like it, it's just, it's not, I'm not saying that you can't do it well or that it has never been done well, but it's just, it, it's hard. And, but when you remove it from our reality enough that you're not watching, you know, Willem Dafoe ride around on a thing with the thing. And the, you know, when, when your brain isn't doing that and you can just appreciate it as pure fantasy, suddenly all the things, it all resonates in a, in the way that I think it's supposed to like, cause I, you know, both of these movies, I felt tapped into my, like my child brain. Like I, I, I lulled, I laughed, yeah, well, I, and that, I laughed, and that's I cried. Actually, that's what's actually impressive about these. Unlike the last animated movie we watched, uh, which was also about cartoon property, Astro Boy. Was, oh fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, these, these movies made me feel like, feel, feel yeah. like a kid. Like I was, I mm -hmm. enjoyed, I was getting the same joy out of them that I remember getting yes. out of cartoons that I would watch as a child. And that I think is like something they're doing a lot more recently. I mean, I feel the mm -hmm. same thing about shows like Adventure Time and like some of that sure. stuff where it's like, you know, it's for kids, but also, um, it's just, it just hits a nice balance where it can kind of offer yeah. that offer that kind of joy to like a lot of age groups and not feel like it has to dumb itself down for children. And, and this movie won an Oscar uh, against, against like a Pixar movie. And, uh, which usually cleans up the animated feature. Uh, is this the first, uh, Academy award winning film of cages since adaptation? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Th this is interesting too. It was directed by three different people. But they're all essentially first-time directors. Rodney Rothman had some TV credits. Peter Ramsey had directed uh, *Rise of the Guardians*. You remember that one? It's about the the oh, owls, yeah. CGI movie about the owls um, that are guarding something. I don't know. Um, and uh, Bob Preschetti, who was a storyboard artist for some like bigger properties, which makes sense. That um, oh, definitely, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a this is a easily the best uh, cage movie that he's made with uh basically first-time first -time director. directors i think so i i agree yeah and it, it was written by rodney rothman and phil lord phil lord had wrote the lego movie cloudy with a chance of meatballs and 21 jump street and if, yeah. if i have like a qualm have you seen clone high oh yeah he's one of the yeah. clone high guys yeah yeah that's yeah I, clone I think high that was like the great. first big thing that he did that's right yeah, I, I really liked Clone High. I mean, it, if I have any sort of like qualm with this, it's that like th that specific, his voice and his partner's voice, I forget um, his name, who he did Clone High and all that stuff with. Um, 
like I guess I'm just a little like fatigued with it in um, sure. yeah. this kind of it, it is there's it's not smirky but it's like uh, it's it's just I mean it, it's really just the way that a lot of um, kids entertainment the the sort of voice of uh, kid funny kids entertainment is now sort of the standard voice which is this sort of like knowing sort of um it's always doing everything with like a little bit of a wink to the camera yeah it's all it's always winking in the sense i mean it's the the kind of cultural voice that you get when um you are aiming at a culture that is saturated with media and the internet when everybody i mean the the sort of the baseline of everybody with um when it comes to especially something like superhero properties but anything that is popular on the internet um including you know music tv etc is that everybody is supposed to already know everything anyway we've all been exposed to it all and we all know about it and we've all seen it a million times and that's part of what the movie plays with right is the first lines like here we go again like you know you have the spider the different spider men and women describing their origin stories in a sort of like yada 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 we've all seen it before and um which is very clever and they do it really well and it's it's great when that becomes as you you see that that it isn't just a, a smart ass thing that they do to start the movie but actually like a device to introduce everybody that it's like you know <laughs> the yes we have an origin story but um there there's multiple universes of origin stories endlessly repeating forever right. and ever because right. and but i mean that's if that's a knock on any thing it's not a knock on phil lord and and stuff it's more just that i'm tired with uh that element of post-internet culture that we all are supposed to be experts on shit and we're all supposed to be um tired of anything familiar and sapped of wonder and and just wanting uh endless novelty (laughs) tired of recognizing how everything is influenced by everything else and yeah but but also (laughs) yeah yeah but also like you you are expected to recognize that you know yeah i mean that's something that that this movie keeps a, a good balance of like you could be you could have no idea who Spider-Man was going into this as I'm sure many children did. And, uh, it, you would just become a fan. Like you don't need to know. Right. Whereas the teen Titans movie, um, also operates, you know, you don't need to know what's up, but like the, I, I would say like 60% of the jokes, um, at least are based on, uh, the assumption that you are like personalities uh, and qualities of each of the heroes or villains. Right. And well, and that you're, it assumes that you're familiar with like just a legion of uh, DC IP properties, you know, that these, (laughs) who is nowadays because I saw that fucking justice league movie and I'm like, never again. will I see one of these movies. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, should we should we talk about Teen Titans and then just wrap up uh, everything about or about Spider Man, or should we? Oh well, we should we should talk about Cage's performance in maybe in yeah. Spider Verse before we move before we move. Yeah, on. he okay. he said he got the phone call out of nowhere and was just you know happy to cut. the interview I read said he's like 
he's like, well, what interested me was that to, to be able to do the Humphrey Bogart sort of thing that I'd already done in dog eat dog. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and it, but it's great because they, they hire him to basically do a version of like the old Hollywood guy that he yeah. has always been obsessed with doing anyway. You know what I mean? Right. Like he has that kind of like almost like gangster picture kind of right. film noir sort of like yeah uh, thing going and he just he can do it, in his it and you can tell he's having such a good time doing it <laughs> yeah and he's he, he's great he's not at nearly the best vocal performance in that movie but yeah he's having a blast and and it's it, it's great i i love that he's in it and i love that for him <laughs> yes definitely it's, it's really fun what one of my favorite parts of the movie is the the rubik's cube gag Mm-hmm. you know because like he, he's in black his <laughs> universe in black is in and black white. and white because it's like a film noir like universe and so he he shows up in in the miles morales universe and he's like he's like sitting there like looking at a rubik's cube he's going like <laughs> okay so is it purple they're like no and he's like is it green no <laughs> yeah i <laughs> i'm trying to think what what my favorite god there was just so there's just so many i like I don't know. I just like this movie a lot. And um yeah. I like that he fist fights. That's like kind of an interesting thing that you don't see. Like is there a Spider-Man noir? Like is it, it, it are there comics of him doing that? I actually don't know if that's a pre-existing character. I would imagine that they all are, right? I would think so cuz I I feel like Marvel and DC have so many characters and and stuff just laying around that I, I feel like they're not um just creating new oh yeah it is I'm yeah. looking up it's it's real I remember reading I read the Spider-Man comics like in the 90s is when I was reading them and that was like around the time where there were a bunch of clones of Peter Parker mm-hmm. you know so there was just always other Spider-Men running around right <laughs> It's so funny thinking of Spider-Man as a noir character because he's so, to me, he he is like a goofball, right? Um, but uh, like I I feel like there's a bunch of other characters who would become deeper uh, take on their characters would reveal deeper things or, totally. or different things, but but yeah. also like, but Spider-Man's a, a really good character, so. I, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I guess he really was fighting Nazis. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? It's like Captain America, but make him Spider Man. Make right? him Spider Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, wouldn't Captain? I, yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Again, that I'm st- I'm gonna stay in my lane. Like I, th- there are a lot of people who care way more about this shit than me, who know way more about it than me. But the good news is, as we said, you don't actually need to know it to enjoy this movie. So, no, and, yeah. and I'm happy to take this movie and leave all the rest and, and have uh, only good feelings about Spider-Man and the, the Marvel Universe as it exists in this particular one, instance. In like, this one yeah, movie. <laughs> dude, just give me, if there's more, if there's more Marvel movies that look like this, like, I'll be a fanboy. I'm ready. There's, yeah. there's, a, I guess, a sequel to uh, Spider Verse in the works, and then something about a Spider Women that it has oh. the like three, like Gwen Stacy and uh, all the the other the other ones. But, <laughs> um, and that's all great. I'm excited about that. But I mean, I my position is 
pretty clear at this point, but I, I just say make them all cartoons. Make them all cartoons, yeah, and then I'll be fun. a huge Marvel head. Yeah, just just make them just make them high budget cartoons, and make sure that you reinvent new forms of animation every time. And <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, the that's thing. That's all we're asking. I, <laughs> yeah, because I was watching, I was like, why aren't they all like this? And then I was reading about it, and it was like the <laughs> the first like test for this movie, uh, like to the to get 10 seconds of animation that was finished animation that looked the way that they wanted it to look took a year. <laughs> and then they it's brought so on like, crazy. Yeah. like 150 animators, you know, to, to right. do it and complete it. But yeah, so nuts. That's why we don't have, that's why the, the market wasn't just flooded with, <laughs> with them after the it, like runaway success of this movie. It is so funny though, that like, Again, this is something that other people have more knowledge about than me. So forgive me if I get anything wrong. But my understanding is that like Spider-Man when uh, in like the early 2000s when superhero movies were, uh, you know, weren't anything special, uh, Sony owned Spider-Man and then uh, they the Tobey Maguire movies did well and then the X-Men movies were doing well. And so like Marvel like bought back those properties from them and now they, I don't know, share them in a way or something. So this Marvel's been pumping out pure Marvel superhero entertainment with um, a, a lot of financial success, but you know, obviously I think a lot of it fucking sucks. Um, and so it's funny that like this, this was a Sony joint. Like this was, this was driven by Sony and um, they, they sort of just on the side. I, my sense is that Marvel was like, oh, yeah, you want to make you want to make a Spider-Man property that we can also make money off of. And as long as you, you don't use any of our actors or whatever. Yeah, go nuts. We'll, we'll take your money. And then right. that, they just like completely hit it out of the park. Like we said, it's one of the best superhero movies ever, if not the best, <laughs> one of the best for sure. And uh uh, one, I'll, I'll one take of the Batman best animated over this one, maybe. But I yeah, think this is yeah, a close I, second, I probably would too. You know? This is the I would say like the best animated movie I saw in the last ten years. Um, oh, easily, yeah. It's interesting to see a property that's doing that's sort of threading a, the needle that Marvel and uh, sort of gargantuan companies like that well they got try to do to thread the needle yeah yeah and and this movie is so fleet-footed that it like i guess i'm specifically thinking of like the way that this movie feels current in a way that didn't feel forced at all like that it it felt like the the music and the style and the the way that it speak, the way the characters use technology and whatever feels very of the moment without being like, look, this is of the moment. Right. This ain't your daddy's Superman. And yet you have like, it's like, Oh, Miles Morales makes is like a sticker head and he, he puts stickers around, but his dad's a cop and the cop wins, you know? So you don't, we, Oh, you got to go clean those up. So you get the rebellion, but you also get the 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 you know decency or whatever. Like Law and Order wins out. Oh, his uncle is a little bit rebellious, and they do graffiti. They're gonna do graffiti in the sewer though, where it doesn't you know no one can see it. It's just you know it's like it, it's like that. You get the sense of of rebellion and and fun, while also the sense of um, upholding the status quo. That upholding all these, the status that, the that, status quo always that, like, returns. All, all these superhero movies have to eventually yes end up back there 
So that's that's it sounds simple, but it's not easy to pull it off and have you not see that trick happening. Well, <laughs> and, because uh, otherwise you just it. get Joker. That's the movie you get if you don't true. do that. True, <laughs> true. That's the other side. It's cool. I liked it. It's great. Everybody should see it immediately. Yeah. Um, should should we move on to Teen Titans? Uh, yeah, I think so. I I'll, I'll say this: Spider Man. This movie, the budget was ninety million dollars. Wow, and that's it, more than I it, thought. It made domestically a hundred and ninety million, and three hundred and seventy-five million worldwide. Wow, so, that's amazing. Yeah, Teen Titans, the budget was ten million, and it made uh, thirty-two million domestic, fifty-two million uh, worldwide. It was actually uh, released in theaters. Yeah, it was. Oh, I didn't realize that. I, I guess I assumed it would have been like a straight to video thing. It's because you're an adult. That's fair. I I, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't seeking this kind of movie out. Do, I guess. It was not marketed to you. It, yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think you know, there's like the whole movie has uh, the the feeling of an in joke, and uh, I I think you know it's an in joke with its own uh, fan base. Uh, once again, a, a movie that feels very 2018, very post-internet, because that that is sort of the way that, unless you are doing Star Wars or Spider-Man or something where it, it's a cultural property that everybody, so, you know, that, that sort of, they're saying, this belongs to you, it belongs to everyone, and then right. you have n- nerds who feel really strongly about it. They, the most cultural things um, are now aimed at a small more niche fan base and so that i think the niche fan base of this movie is just everybody who grew up watching teen titans which are are people i think i'd say like just a few years younger than us yeah i remember watching it on tv but not in i was too old to care right it was just because i was stoned (laughs) yeah I, i i remember it being on like I remember when it was on, but I I definitely never watched it. Yeah, I I like watched it while doing other while like doing drugs. I always thought that it was like cartoons are great for funny that, honestly. and good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know it, it's part of the like it's like fifteen years old, seventeen years old now, and like um, that's around when uh, a lot of cartoons were coming out on TV on. I don't know if this was Cartoon Network or yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. It's a lot of stuff like that where you know it it's like good you you can watch it as an adult or you can watch it as a kid and it satisfies all those things and like they they always seem to know what they were doing with this property which is uh a good thing for dc because yeah uh, definitely because they don't oh know boy. what they're doing with they really... most of the rest of it so, <laughs> yeah so yeah at least uh, they, the only at least one they, they get one or two of them right every once in a while they get batman right about 50 percent of the time and uh the the rest of it aquaman and wonder woman the wonder woman movies have done well i haven't seen them but it from what i heard they sort of took a more like marvel approach like they're a little bit lighter the first one was okay it was pretty good but then the new one that just came out oof, 84 dude. oh my god really? i the less said about it the better but um, yeah I tried to watch one of those movies, and yeah, I just, besides Aquaman, I, I've tried to watch one of the Batman ones, and it just made me too upset within the first, like, five minutes that I turned it off. 
they, I don't know what DC's problem is. I don't know why. I mean, because you can blame some of that on like Zack Snyder or whomever they, they have uh, helmet. Yeah, because they uh, keep editing his but, genius vision, Dave. That's they it. Won't, that's they it. won't release. They won't release his director's cuts. <laughs> no, but like regardless of him, like it, it's like something feels rotten in that apple. I don't know what they're. I don't know why they're fucking up and what they're getting wrong, but. Man, if I had to choose between current Marvel movies and current DC movies, I truly don't know what I would choose because they both oh. suck so deeply. But oh, Marvel, a, a thousand percent. If I had to choose really? between the two, but even Marvel, I feel like fifty percent of those movies I don't ever need to see again. So yeah, I, I just don't know if it's more fun for me to watch like uh, just a complete travesty of a movie that I can laugh at, or like a movie that is like competently made by Joss Whedon or whatever that just feels like um, a big advertisement for itself that um, just like that, that in some ways, I don't know which is a more soul draining experience for me, but I hate it. I hate it all. But uh, Teen Titans, it has a lot of levity to it and um, seems to, I mean, the whole joke is that there it's a joke. So I, I enjoy this. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't recommend it to you if you don't want to watch. I mean, there's just, it, it is what if it you is. Even it's are wondering if you should watch this. You already know if it's the kind of thing the, you're, you're yeah. going to be into it, it. It's not like, it's not like spider verse where it like blows open your expectations and truly right. uh, a, a transcendent cinematic experience. I mean, it is very much like, you know, I mean, it has its thing. It's good. It's good, it's good. but it, you know, it's stays in its out lane, and, yeah. and that's fine. But but I do appreciate the whole conceit of it, which is that it's like they just keep making these superhero movies, and Robin and the Teen Titans want their own movie, but but yeah. but but everyone just keeps telling them like you guys are just sidekicks, uh, you know. But then they just keep churning out these movies with like third string superheroes. Like there's the whole bit in the trailers in the in the movie where they play like uh, <laughs> that part like, was funny like alfred the movie and uh yeah. and uh the, the belt the yeah. movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i i, I laughed <laughs> it, it's like i i mean th- that's the funny thing about this movie and both of these as sort of like such like a 2018 like snapshot because teen titans has way less to lose and um especially as dc too they just like it can really they're they're punching up they have (laughs) nowhere to punch but punch up right and that's great as sort of like irritatingly meta as it all begins to feel like i like that the main conceit of the movie is that the (laughs) superheroes are are real and they're acting in all of their own movies but they're so busy acting in these movies that um they like can't they they can't save the they, world anymore. They can't save yeah. the world, and and in reality, the the superhero movies that they're making are made to hypnotize people into complacency, like that <laughs> as like a social like critique. Like that's pretty good, yeah, and and pretty sharp. Yeah, I I thought that was like more than just clever. I was like, you know, it's it's not well. It wasn't just a clever idea. It was actually executed well, which is important yeah. too. And yes. that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's really funny. My I think my favorite bit is 
you know, the, one of the hurdles that gets put before them, uh, if they, the teen Titans want their own movie is that they, you know, uh, Oh, we're not going to give it to you unless the, all the other superheroes are gone. So they go back in time to uh, erase the, the superheroes in their origin stories. (laughs) And like (laughs) all, all of that's really fun. Like when Aquaman, where they like throw, (laughs) throw the like six ring plastic, uh, beer, like holder into the water and little baby Aquaman gets, gets stuck in it and chokes <laughs> <laughs> like um but my favorite is that then they realize that without the superheroes then obviously the the world is going to shit even worse right. so they have to go back and fix it and <laughs> you you have the like one two joke of before they save batman from becoming batman they're like don't go down crime alley like they send batman's parents down like happy lane or whatever right. but then when they fix it robin puts the pearl necklace back on the wife and like shoves batman's parents down crime alley and you just hear gunshots <laughs> and he gives them a thumbs up like that's it's dark, dark man it's so dark and, yeah, and, <laughs> and the the other really dark thing is when is when um they open the portal and they send the challengers of the unknown like out into like the empty void and then for the the rest of the movie they're just like floating in nothingness yeah the guy's like the only thing out here is madness and then it's just like that's it that's the joke like yeah they're gonna die (laughs) they're gonna go insane Uh, and then all the other superheroes get sent there and then they get saved, but the challengers are just stuck there, which is extra funny because it's one of many DC properties that shows up in this that are like, you're like, who? Yeah. You're like, (laughs) what are they? Are they real? I had to look up if they were like a real thing. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Um, I, speaking of all the heroes in this movie and, uh, like the cast list for this thing is way better than it needed insane. to be insane <laughs> it's insane and just like i mean better but also just like i mean obviously nicholas cage as superman finally, finally finally our man gets to play superman <laughs> yeah uh, also kal-el cage in his film debut playing young bruce wayne yeah and the the weird mental gymnastics of okay nicholas cage <laughs> named his son kal-el after superman but kal-el is playing batman while his father plays kal-el yeah right <laughs> plays kal-el yeah. so so weird yeah kal-el shows up and apparently the teen titans is kal-el's or was kal-el's favorite show oh okay and Nick, this is the quote from Cage. He says, it was just nice to be involved in something my kid loves and we got to do it together. Like basically he he went to the studio just with his kid and they asked him if he would be Superman. And he was like, yes. And uh, that's so sweet. I, that's I really love that. Sweet. As a, a, in contrast to the last movie he was in with his other son. <laughs> That he yes. publicly denounced on on a press tour. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Don't see that piece of shit." <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So so Cage Cal L's in it. Will Arnett plays um, and and Kristen Bell sort of both play the the villain. Dude, honestly, Will Arnett is did a great job in this movie. He's so funny. I know he's, he's so, so funny. good. He's so good. Um, it's funny because all of his voice work has been Bojack Horseman, which mostly requires him to be like 
sad <laughs> and <laughs> just a sadder it, it, version of his own voice kind of <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's fun to hear him basically doing job again but just like being being just way goofy uh who else we got we we have halsey oh yeah who, right <laughs> she's a musician right yeah uh-huh. I, somebody who's i know is famous who i know her name she plays wonder woman um tom kenny shows up jimmy kimmel um wait who's jimmy kimmel i didn't catch that J- one J- jimmy kimmel's batman oh. <laughs> <laughs> um Patton oswald right um right. lil yachty plays yeah. green lantern and uh and and also does the theme song um it's uh michael bolton also does a song and shows up doing a voice <laughs> will will wheaton it's, it's crazy yeah crazy it, that's the type of thing too where you see that list and you're like both like okay everybody is here because they're friends with somebody and they're having fun like that's the like this wouldn't have worked if it didn't feel like everybody was fucking having a blast and yeah. that like whatever i haven't watched any of the other teen titans shit in any way i don't have a sense of what came really before this or after this but it seems like the the creators know these characters super well they know everything everything is just like running like a well-oiled machine and they're hitting all the all the jokes and everything like it doesn't it, I was never like, why does this exist? I was watching. Right. I was like, oh yeah, this is a blast. Like if if I was younger and uh, wanted to spend time watching this kind of thing, I would have a blast doing it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. That's pretty much it. I I I don't know. I don't have any really super specific things to nah. say. I, I pretty yeah. I'm pretty much just agreeing with what you said. I mean, I I think all the jokes were. You know, it was all done with a wink and a nod, but it wasn't it wasn't self-referential to the point of like being annoying or distracting. Um, yeah, and when it was, it was it always wasn't... in service of a laugh because, yeah. you know, what, like the other thing was the, the Stan Lee cameos that were actually played by Stan Lee. Dude, Stan Lee in both movies. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? His two final cameos. I, and But, uh, you know, it speaks to the, what the Teen Titans movie is all about that. He shows up and he's like, I'm just here because I love cameos. Yeah. Wait, this is a DC movie? Like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it makes me still love Stanley. And, uh, and, uh, it, yeah, it's just cute. I wasn't expecting him to show up in that one, though. But I love, yeah, I mean, he shows up in Spider Verse as, like, you know, someone who's hawking, like, merchandise. That well, yeah. And <laughs> it's, it, it's also funny because the, the line in Teen Titans is something along the lines of, Hi, it's me, Stan Lee. I'm here for my really obvious Stan Lee cameo or or something yeah. like that. And then when you watch Spider-Verse, it's like it's a very obvious, it's so obvious. Stan Lee cameo. <laughs> exactly. Uh something I really liked about this is for different sequence there's like dream sequences and musical sequences and things like that and they would hand those off to like other animators or animation teams mm-hmm. and that's fun. I mean it's funny watching this after Spider-Verse because it's so Spider-Verse is so like gorgeous and this was, you know, made with 80 million less dollars. So it it also was like looks really great but it it just it doesn't look as expensive, but you you got some like interesting like stylistic choices like there's a part where they they watch a, a like a home movie that uh the teen titans made for robin and it's all like stop motion like cut out uh animation with like um 
you know, collage materials. And there's, there's like a, a sort of Lion King ripoff dream oh, sequence. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. Uh, but they're all like animated, like, like Disney characters kind of, yeah, you know, <laughs> but, and the, but the song is something like, like, Hey, come check it out. Hey, come check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I don't know. It's, it's good. It's good. And the, the back to the future riff that they did too, when they're, when they're on the bikes and, oh, right. uh, and, and it started playing like the Huey Lewis song yeah. from Back yeah. to the Future. <laughs> right. It, it, yeah. It's, it's all like that kind of thing where it's just, yeah, it's well done. Um, I wasn't expecting to see a joke where, uh, a, like a weirdly timely joke, uh, where they, they like beat up the actor who's, uh, playing Slade in the movie. And it's like, Oh no, wait, I'm, I'm not the real Slade. I'm just an actor. I'm Shia LaBeouf. And they just, they're like, they're like, that's worse than a villain. And then they (laughs) They, keep beating him up. (laughs) They're like chewing on him and like stabbing him in the eye (laughs) who, as, as we're recording, this is in the middle of being me too'd for like the second time or something. So that was fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything else to say about it. It's uh, it's cute and it's fun. And uh, Cage, it, he's finally Superman. He shows I up know. and he says about like 10 lines and yeah. uh, it's all pretty cute. I, I would like to see him in more uh, cartoon work, I think. Yeah, he you should know? do more voice work. He's Why good not? at it. He's good at it. He's got a distinctive voice. And, mm-hmm. you know, ever, ever the chameleon, he enjoys really yes. taking on different kinds of characters and obviously you're f- much freer to play somebody much different than you in animation mm-hmm. than, than you are mm-hmm. otherwise so i think he would really yeah. I, th- I i think he's good at it. i think when he does it in a good movie like these two it he's good uh and he's, he's when he's it's tried the to... ant bully i'm less interested <laughs> in it but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean he's he's already done work where like live action work where he's tried to essentially be a cartoon like he tried he tried to be like pokey from gumby in uh in um peggy sue got married and like yeah. stuff like that so it's a natural course for him that i'm i'm re-excited again for what is coming up in cage's career i know there's a bunch of bullshit that we're about to have to watch but just thinking like uh, 2018 like mandy and these two movies like this is the strongest year in his career in a long time, a really, really long, time. really long time. Yeah. It, it made me excited again. Although next, I think we're watching between worlds. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. There's really nothing. Are, bes- are you besides... on that page right now? Do you want to read yeah. the synopsis for between worlds? Uh-huh. Um, it says Joe meets a mother who can contact spirits when suffocating. Her daughter is dying when Joe helps the mother spiritually contact the daughter and save her. Unfortunately, the spirit in the daughter's body is now that of Joe's dead wife. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, he has a bunch of really funny fake tattoos in it, though. So. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, so I, I have two more things to touch on um, before we wrap up with this. And the first is in, in doing a little bit of research into this, I discovered something that I did not know before, which is, uh, I think around this time, Nick Cage and his son Weston wrote a comic book. Oh, I read, yes. I also read about this. Uh Yeah. Or they could, they didn't write it actually. They, they created the story and other people wrote it and drew it. So I don't know how involved they were, but, um, 
the, it's called Voodoo Child. And uh, did it come out? It, it came out. Oh, There's okay. like six issues of it or something. Like it, it was like just a limited thing. Wait, um, here, I'll read the synopsis. Uh, the story revolves around post-Katrina setting of New Orleans and features voodoo mythology. The son of a unionist sympathizer is resurrected at his dying breath by the power of a voodoo priest in the 1800s. In 2005, New Orleans, Detective Robert Julian tries to solve the mystery of why several young girls have disappeared. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was looking at I I may pull the trigger and uh, and buy at least the first issue on Amazon or something that's less evil than Amazon. We can check into that cuz it's just too funny. <laughs> do you do you think that they were haunted by the spirit of New Orleans having lived there? God, maybe. Because they Cage definitely and I would assume Weston cuz he spent some formative years there. He probably right. like I I feel like they feel a psychic connection to that city. Yeah, I, you know? I mean, Cage definitely does. I mean, he's basically said as much that he's appeared in movies that explicitly deal with it, um, both post-Katrina and pre-Katrina. And yeah, he bought the LaLaurie Mansion, the yeah, most well, there, haunted mansion in America. There's like ghost stories. I feel like Weston probably has like ghost stories from living in that house. <laughs> I bet right? he does. I, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how much time either of them actually spend in that house, but I, I feel like the, the fact that it's set in New Orleans and deals with that stuff makes me think that, um, yes, they definitely are working some shit out. I'm curious. I, I, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy at least one. I wish there was uh, it was collected into one anthology, but, uh, it's not, maybe, but maybe the demand isn't there. For the for the anthology, not, I'm gonna have to spark it myself just by buying one. Well, um, Dave, how, how about we each buy? We we can rotate. We'll each buy the next issue so can, that we can both we read can it. borrow them yeah. from each other. I'll yeah. trade you when you're done. Oh man, and then uh, they can just add into the shared library with um, the unauthorized biography of Nicolas Cage. Um, fuck, what's the rest of the title? I haven't said it in so long. Oh my God, it's been years since we've said it. <laughs> it's literally years, but yeah. And and the VHS copy of Time to Kill is in that library <laughs> also. It's all it's all like the 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 one-off pieces Ooh. of cage memorabilia that we have to yeah, like, I have pass a VHS, in us. I have a VHS of Deadfall too that can, oh, great. can go in the library. <laughs> I, I, um, have a, I have a couple uh, movies on tape and on vhs and dvd too if you ever want to rewatch some of the good ones hell yeah speaking of starting uh a movement a fan a fan movement um just by sheer force of will in, in you know reading about uh the interviews with cage about this shit uh, I came across the same thing that I keep coming across, and every time I see it, I'm going to mention it. And I, I'm just going to read from this interview with uh, Stack.com. He says, it says, if if there's one role he still longs to play, it's Captain Nemo in 20,000 <laughs> <laughs> Leagues Under the Sea. And this, is, Cage, I, <laughs> this is what Cage has to say. This is my favorite quote about this yet. And I know we've read like, I've read like five of these on the episodes before. Here we go. My first love. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> okay, hold on. My my first love, even before I loved my parents, <laughs> and I and I mean this sincerely, was the ocean. 
<laughs> Even before his parents, he came out of the womb loving and the he ocean. didn't didn't care about his mom and dad. The sea <laughs> said from from being a very small child of maybe one or two, I was in love with the sea. It was so beautiful, the way it smelled and the colors of the water and the animals that lived in the ocean. And then when I started reading, I fell in love with Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and I knew immediately that I could play Captain Nemo. With my love of the ocean, I would smoke seaweed cigarettes. I would play the organ and show off my collection of fish and go diving with my crew. I wouldn't have to act at all and could play it perfectly. Wait, what are seaweed cigarettes? <laughs> That's what Captain Nemo smokes. You don't, you don't get it because you don't love the ocean like he does. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's such a romantic description. Dude, I'm going to read that again. I would smoke seaweed cigarettes, I would play the organ, and show off my collection of fish, and go (laughs) diving with my crew. It's true, he he had an octopus. He did. Cool. Cool, Cool. he lived in his bathroom. (laughs) It's part of the same obsession. And I... I want this now. I want this almost as bad as Cage wants it. I want it because he wants it. I know. And and, and because I, he would he would sink his teeth into it. Oh god. Be, he would Who give knows us what maybe he the greatest do. performance of his career. It he's been preparing for it since he was born. And you know you know what would suck too is if he, he like the first person who gives him the opportunity to do it, he's gonna say yes, no matter who. I they know, no are. matter who it is or what the script is. You're totally <laughs> no, right. That's gonna, yeah, oh, he just wants to do suck. it. I, <laughs> I, I just, I want him to play it in a good adaptation. Yeah, I'll settle for a bad adaptation, but just let the man do it. He's been in over a hundred films. He's Hollywood royalty, if there ever is such a thing as that now. Let him do it. Let him smoke the seaweed cigarettes. I want to see him play the organ. I want to see his collection of fish. Show me your collection of fish, please. <laughs> Show me cool. <laughs> and and while I'm blue skying it, put Weston in it. Put Cal L in it. Put, bring, put in the it. whole gang in it. Um, Weston can be a crew member. Let's make it happen. I I I I, I want to. At this point, I want to start like some sort of fan. Uh, petition yeah something i don't know who i'm petitioning <laughs> just hollywood in general producers <laughs> I, I don't know money someone <laughs> I, I i don't know how this works um uh, i mean but, uh, saturn pictures could do it right yeah like why doesn't he That's just a, produce it why doesn't himself? he just do it he oh he's a producer yeah i don't know Fuck. okay anyway uh one more real quick thing I want to encourage everybody to check out Weston's Instagram because yes. uh, he's posted a couple new videos with some new uh, teaser music. It's coming so out. I w- what, I what's the recommend. album called again? Ghosts of something Hollywood or something Ghosts like that? Ghosts of Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit's sounding really fun. It's, and, it's, um, it's wild. It's, did uh, you see, I, I asked Weston if he's going to be playing live uh well after the pandemic and he said yes we should try I, to be his band Dave. well then i i yeah i know because then i asked him if he needed people to play and he didn't respond we got it between the two of us we can play like five or six instruments so there's a Dude, lot of like, options like no joke aside like i if weston was down i would show up fully professional 
to bring his vision to life, I would do it. I've committed so far to like to understanding him and his family and and uh, this shit. I I I know I, in his eyes. I'm sure he has Hollywood friends who would do it, who have a bunch of superfluous rings and scarfs and eyeliner and shit. And uh, he, he thinks they'd be better, but miles and I would be way better than your friends, Weston. We're, we're gonna, uh, we will bring your vision to life and do it with aplomb and flair. You can play all the coolest venues because uh, we know all the coolest people. We will get you into the DIY scene. Imagine Imagine going to a basement show and and <laughs> Weston's band is fucking playing. Weston Cage live at Human Resources. Yes. <laughs> yes. Coaxial Gallery. <laughs> oh, man. It's, yeah, between that and this uh, nascent uh, fan petition, there's exciting things on the, on the horizon, and uh, we just want to be a part of it. Is is that it? You got anything That's else? That's it. All right. Yeah. Uh, next time between worlds with uh, returning guest Theo. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks, Theo, for always being down. Sorry that you're watching so many bad he, movies for us. He suggested it. That's nah, fine. Uh, <laughs> he deserves it. So tune in for that. As always, you know, rate and review on the Apple thing. Uh, tell your friends. That's probably even better. If you if you are listening to this and you like it, even if you just like an episode. And you don't like the rest of the episodes, share it around. Even if you just like Cage, but you don't like us, that's fine. But you hate us. (laughs) Like, uh, we've committed to being the best uh, Nicolas Cage podcast out there. And uh, without listening to anybody else's, I feel 100% assured that we are. Uh huh. Um, Uh huh. I would would have to agree with you there, Dave. And uh, do you know who else would have to agree with you? Yeah, let's hear it. El Pantera. It says it on the screen because it's in Italian. <laughs> Three, two, one. It just plays Pantera's walk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we dine right, back.